0: Chantley Hill and I am Sheldon Alexander and this is you killed it the podcast that the challenge Sheldon I don't know if you saw it but today longtime listener Chauncey Talese okay. I think it's Talese sorry Chaunce, uh thanked us he just he just like thanked all the podcasts that he listens to and we really appreciate that Chaunce. yeah and in his message to us he said he appreciates how he appreciates all our insight about reality TV, all our talk about um, the obviously the challenge and also insight into what life is like in Canada. And today (laughs) is a, I guess, special day. It's a big day in Canada. For those of you who are not Canadian, it is the first ever National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, which is a day to commemorate all of the indigenous children who have died during the colonization of Canada. Now, for those of you who somehow have not picked up on this over the course of listening to this podcast, I am a straight white guy, and I'm always on these issues. I'm reluctant to speak out, not because I believe, don't believe in them or anything, but I'm aware of my role, right? Like too often straight people, white people, and men make things about them. So when it comes to Black Lives Matter or indigenous issues, I like to take a step back because I don't want to like add my voice or, or overshadow the voice of an, an indigenous person, but we were going to record this podcast anyway. And it, I think would be a disservice to our listeners and a disservice to my friends and family who are in, uh, indigenous. I know I've mentioned this in the past, but uh, I have cousins on both my mom's and dad's side of the family who are indigenous. Um, And so for those of you who aren't familiar with what's going on, earlier this summer in Canada, there was the discovery of several mass unmarked graves of children at residential schools across Canada. It's ongoing, they're undoubtedly gonna find more. And at this point they have found thousands of bodies. And if you're not familiar with what a residential school is, these were schools uh, funded by or run by the Canadian government, often sponsored by Christian churches, where Indigenous children were taken from their homes, taken from their families. And the phrase was, had the Indian beaten out of them. So they weren't allowed to speak their native language. They weren't allowed to practice their native culture, uh, wear their native dress. They tried to make them as white and as Christian as possible. Uh, Horrifically, many of them were killed or died due to abuse or maltreatment. A lot of them were molested. Um, And because of the technology that's now available, a lot of the First Nation bands in Canada have started to search the grounds of the residential schools where they're finding these Uh, unmarked graves. And that sort of came to a head in May of this year with uh, the discovery of hundreds of bodies at a school in Kelowna, British Columbia. It's sort of like Canada's Black Lives Matter moment, although we also had a Black Lives Matter moment here. But it's, for American listeners, it's sort of the equivalent to the death of George Floyd. Uh, not shocking to people that pay attention to these things, but still a horrible and upsetting thing. So we just want to acknowledge that this is a big day um, and we hope that it leads to some healing for our indigenous brothers and sisters and friends and relatives. And if you wanna learn more, something that a lot of people are doing because it's not supposed to be a day of celebration, but rather a day of education and commemoration is there's like a 35 minute film that you can watch for free called The Unforgotten which you can find online at theunforgotten.cma.ca I'll say that again for you theunforgotten.cma.ca and before we get into all the jokes and making fun of Amber B and Nelson and Berna and the whole lot we both strongly recommend that you check that out uh, if you're not if you're Canadian, American or from elsewhere in the world look into some of the resources out there because by educating yourself uh, it's the first step toward healing a grievous harm done in this country and let's not kid ourselves indigenous populations around the world were and continue to be harmed by the history of and legacy of colonization so I think some good food for thought if you weren't aware of this and you know, we don't shy away from racial issues on this podcast, which I'm very proud of. We're a racialized podcast, Mm -hmm. which I think is cool. And I think, uh, honestly adds to the you killed it experience. And although neither of us are indigenous, we couldn't let this go by.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was incredibly well said. And, you know, obviously I, wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said and one of the things that i love about this platform that we've created is that we've given ourselves this platform for not only us but also we'll read comments from the listeners and viewers to how much you guys also appreciate that wide range of topics that we'll talk about whether it's serious whether it's funny whether it's just jokes but like you know, you guys give us the confidence to know that we can do that and take those sidebars when are needed to discuss something as serious as that, um, what this day is in Canada. And, you, you know, we've done it before when racism has come up on the show or in real life. Um, we did it when I had COVID last year. Do you know what I mean? Like there's just been multiple times where we've been able to, you know, we're here because we talk about the challenge, but the platform we've created is more about the community and things that matter to us, me and you, but also the greater us in terms of the people that are listening to the pod. So thanks for uh saying all of that so eloquently. Cause no I'm not that eloquent or smart. <laughs> sure you are. I'm glad we are such a good dynamic duo to be able to uh boost each other up here and there. And don't worry, we'll get to the silliness of ridiculous episode but as we've said often sometimes there are things that are bigger than uh mtv the challenge and we wouldn't be doing ourselves justice of having this platform if we didn't take those times to uh step outside for a bit so yeah well uh,
0: my pleasure and like i said you know i'm always reluctant to sort of step into the space because i don't want to dominate it because again i i recognize my privilege but also I couldn't let the out of loyalty and respect for my friends and family, I, I couldn't I couldn't not say something. So yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Um, should we talk about the challenge? Should we get down to the funny haha?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I normally try to pride myself in having not so clever segues <laughs> into stuff. There's there's no segue from this, Sheldon. <laughs> no, there's no segue. And uh, I would always say my, my old coworker, Sid Sixero, was always the best at stuff like that. And I always like, envied how good he was at it. But I remember there'd just be certain moments where they'd be switching topics from either something ridiculous to something serious. And he'd just be like, oh, you just say, all right, moving on. And then you move on to whatever it is, right? So moving on. Episode eight. <laughs>
0: We start off, obviously, with everyone coming back into the house after Emmy's bold move and big win to get Uncle CT as her partner. Mm-hmm. And Devin um,
1: on, explains hold on. Hold on. the everyone's, math behind... Everyone's celebrating except for Berna. Berna looked yeah. real salty. Uh, I mean, we're
0: going to see a lot of saltiness from Berna. Salty Berna, yeah. Salty Berna. Devin explains the math behind the Veteran Alliance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Talk you at how the... Rookies keep making it easy. This is a great point by not breaking up a veteran-veteran team. Like if they break up a double vet team, of which there's more and more, of course, mm-hmm. then that forces their hand. But it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> exactly. And Kyle says it's incredible that the rookies haven't pieced together what's going on.
1: So here, here's my issue. I wonder if they've had this conversation within the house. Because it appears as if the rookies kind of, I mean, we know how the episode ends, but my point is more so the rookies are obviously learning the game on the fly. So did the vets make the mistake of almost like, you know, by hyping up, oh, rookie, rookie teams, blah, 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 blah. Did they almost like game themselves into the rookies figuring it out?
0: I don't know. Well, actually, there was some insight. This was a few weeks ago, but Corey Al, who was one of the early eliminations,
1: mm-hmm.
0: someone tweeted at him and said, "Like, it seems to me that the rookies were at a real disadvantage okay. because they had um, obviously they're coming from all over the world, so most of them had never met before. There I were did some language, actually, yeah, yeah, there are some language barriers." Mm-hmm and Corey also made the point and he confirmed he's like yes this was absolutely an issue like where some of us saw what was happening mm-hmm. but couldn't get other people on board and he made the very fair point some of them have never seen the challenge before also true so they don't know so like you can it's one thing to be told something's going to go down it's another thing to see it's going down
1: yeah totally, and totally agree
0: on that note, we've got Berna, who is disappointed that Emmy took Uncle C T. She says she feels betrayed.
1: I'm not down with his Uncle C T stuff. <laughs> Especially when he he come he's come back in like, you know, better shape. Like a younger CT. Do you know what I mean? Like he's not really Papa or old man CT anymore. This looks like, you know, like a Benjamin Button CT kind of thing going on, where he's like, is that the is that the right reference? Aging backwards? Benjamin Button is that the right move okay yeah just making sure but (laughs) gotta be more confident in my cliches here but um (laughs) you know what I'm saying like CT it, it seems kind of counter to what's actually happening to CT calling him uncle CT but anyways that's fair well
0: I was gonna say so she's really mad about it she's saying in confessional that she's really hurt you know this and that and then Nelson goes to congratulate Emmy, and then is also like, hey, like, why didn't you give Berna a heads up? Mm-hmm. And this scene was so interesting to me okay. because it revealed so much. First of all, Devin says, Devin, who's part of the Hot Sauce Alliance that now includes Emmy, yeah, has a great job of deflecting Nelson's question with a shiny object. By saying, hey, she voted for me. Like, Berna is not what she seems. Nelson, you and I are supposed to be a team here, but she voted for me. Which is critical because Amber overhears this information, which we'll get to. Yeah. But Devin says in confessional, and I want to shout out myself for pointing this out. Okay. Okay someone saw how Berna voted because they can like you it's like writing a test in elementary school you can see the person next to you you can see the person in front of you so someone saw that Berna voted for Devin and Amber B Mm -hmm. told Devin and Devin maybe Devin saw it himself but Devin's like yeah I'm not down with that no and then Emmy tells Nelson he's misplacing his trust And I know you and I have been hard on Emmy, but she made a point on social media last week, which is very fair. She said, I'm competing for a million dollars. I've known Berna for three weeks. We got along, but that's not enough to like counterbalance a million dollars. Like she didn't quite phrase it that way. I'm paraphrasing, but like, that's a very fair point.
1: (laughs) It's a it's a great point. And it's also a reminder, too, of you got to remember, right? Emmy is out here clout chasing on the challenge, right? Like she released yeah. an album. They did have this whole like promo thing for her song. So like this is about, you know, some people come on the reality show and they think everything is real, like the friendships, the relationships. And that's how they kind of handle it. But it takes people a few trips on the show to realize that different people move in different ways. So, while if Berna comes in and she's singing, "Oh, you know, this person seems really cool. Me and this person really vibe. Everything's going well. Like, this is someone I trust." And there's not a lot of people that I can trust cuz I don't really know that many people, and so you let your guard down. There's vulnerability there. Whereas Emmy was just kind of like, "Oh, I was just saying whatever cuz like, yo, we're all here trying to win money, no?" So, yeah. you understand like the differences between the two. The Nelson part of this to me is interesting because i think that nelson actually handled that conversation very maturely oh maturely yeah so the reason i say that is because i thought he brought it up to emmy very well and polite whereas before his energy was like his energy beforehand like old nelly might've been a lot more like hyped up. Like, how dare you do that? That's my girl, blah, blah, blah. You know, like we've seen that Nelson before. Do you know what I'm saying? Where he would have came in on a whole different vibe. Like, why would you do that to her, blah, blah, blah. You can't do that to her. Like you mess with her, you mess with me, blah, blah, blah. Like, couldn't you see that from Nelly? And instead he came in very calm and he's like, no, I understand. And his his tone was more calm. It was very chill. I was like, whoa, okay, Nelly. You know, so that was the thing that kind of threw me off. Your part about Devin is totally right though, right? Devin is mad, but he also is doing that to to shift the blame for sure, because he knows that has to do with Amber more than it does ha- have to do with him. Right. Yeah, and he knows 100%. Berna, like it's not surprising that Berna and Amber have beef. We've known that for weeks now, right? So great job by Devin to, to throw that off. And also, couldn't Burna or Nelson have just said, like, oh, maybe it was a burn vote. Yeah right like there's so many ways out of it but as mentioned great move by devon i i have to talk more about nelson i agree with everything that you said but
0: i have to point out and you get you can find it out there it exists Mm -hmm. you might recall i said at the top of the season i don't i don't know this for sure but there is a lot of internet chatter that between seasons nelson and amber were a thing there was video where they did a live together that was in person they were like drinking like you get like amber's holding a glass of wine Mm -hmm. and the sexual tension was Uh, thick. okay super thick so Okay.
1: okay
0: there might be some wrinkles to the amber berna nelson situation even though Amber is with Jeremiah. I also, at one point, Nelson says to, in confessional, to camera in response to Emmy telling him, like, hey, you might be misplacing your trust. Nelson says, my relationship with Berna is not fake. Believe me, I care about her a lot. Which, Nelson is growing on me. But it underscores mm-hmm. how dumb he is. <laughs> Because both things he said, those two sentences, mm-hmm. he's missing the point. First of all, no one's saying that their relationship is fake. No one's saying that it's, it's a showman's. Mm-hmm. What they're saying is that he shouldn't trust her gameplay-wise. Mm-hmm. And then when he says, believe me, I care about her a lot, no one's saying, Nelson, you're shady. No one's yeah, saying, yeah. Nelson... You don't care about her. They're saying, Nelson, you're horny for her. You like her a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And it's blinding you to how she's playing the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right? We don't think it's fake. We think you're dumb, Nelson. That's the issue. No one's questioning his intentions. Mm -hmm. All the heat's on Berna. Yeah. Right? Speaking of heat, we
1: Mm -hmm. have a
0: skinny dipping scene.
1: So I want to make a comment here, and I don't know if it was to fill time, but because we mentioned the last two episodes were only an hour, whereas this one was bumped back up to an hour and a half. But I'd mentioned in the past how much less of this stuff we've been getting lately on the challenge, Mm -hmm. right? In this whole, you know, like, is it too CBS, like mainstream? Are they trying to dumb it down? So I was shocked by the scene. Right. Because I was just kind of like, whoa, this is like because I would have assumed that more of this stuff would be going on, not only on this season, but prior seasons. But it seemed like we were seeing less and less of it. So when this popped up, I was kind of like, oh, okay, cool. You know, and it it caught me off guard. And also the thing that caught me off guard was I wasn't expecting that from Big T. Right. Tori. Tori has her moments where she's out here thirst trapping for sure. Um, and Bettina we're we just met so cool do you Bettina not mad at you at all Um, we're getting to know her but Mm -hmm. those three just kind of seemed out of the blue you know like hey we're going skinny dipping hey you know into the pool and I was like you know what this is a challenge vibe that I've been missing a little just fun in the sun hanging out by the pool we need more of that you know like It's an extreme, we talk about this all the time, an extremely beautiful cast. And so why not highlight more of those moments? Not mad at it. I was thrown, I wasn't thrown off by that. What I was thrown off by. No, I'll let you go first and I'll tell you what I was thrown off
0: by. I I have, just like listening to you speak, I have an idea about what's going on on the challenge. Okay. Because I agree with your belief that they might be trying to move this to CBS and tone it down. But I also think that they're limiting when they can drink and where they can go when they've been drinking. Because we have not seen, after the club scenes, mm-hmm. we have not seen a single scene where anyone is going skinny dipping. Like in the past, oh, yeah. they'd get drunk and then someone would like toss the other person in yeah, the pool. Yeah. And like we saw that the first night. Like you might recall Devin's striptease for Michelle. Mm-hmm. But I think that they're on they're not allowed to drink or like I feel like maybe they're not allowed near the pool for insurance reasons when they've been drinking makes sense so makes sense. you need a free spirit like Tori who will do shit like this when she's sober mm-hmm. daytime daytime and like I got you the daywalker emmanuel
1: oh, is like what he's going to say i See, don't think
0: he took off anything well he took off his his shorts but he didn't get full naked
1: he didn't go back the the joke of calling him a filthy pervert for watching i thought that was kind of funny but this is a part to me that was super weird okay like he's liking tori he's liking tori's vibe tori's kind of liking him this is my line of the episode out of sheer confusion okay because tori says emmanuel is so interesting he's from romania He's kind of like a tatted Dracula. So cool. Like he checks all of the boxes. He's really cute. My reaction is, "What? what? Hold on. All you said was, he's from Romania. He's like a tatted Dracula. So cool. Are tatted Draculas cool? Okay, sure. He checks all of the boxes. What boxes? Being tatted and being a Dracula? And being from Rome, like, um, what are these boxes on Tori's list that he checks? He's yeah. really cute. Okay, that's something I could, you know, cool. I understand that. But do you understand what I'm saying here? I was yeah. so confused by that sentence. I'm, I'm like, this has to be edited because it doesn't make sense to me. Does it make sense to you? Again, he's from Romania. He's kind of like a tatted Dracula. Oh. So cool. Like, he checks all of the boxes. He's really cute.
0: Listen, we've all been (laughs) in isolation for a long time. We're all in horny jail. Our lists are getting shorter of what we're looking for. (laughs) Although, listener Mandy Alperin, better known as Blazer Girl Girl 77. Yes. Long time -time listener. Long time listener. Has an excellent point. Okay. She says, my favorite musical montage of the evening. And we're going to talk about the music in a second. In case you missed it, and she showed us the American version. Thank you, Mandy. Then she says, Also, also, can we agree that Emmanuel is basically a Romanian version of Jordan with more tattoos and accessories? And I have to say, I see it between the bad, like, the bad salad with the bowl cut, with
1: the suspenders, like the overall. It's almost like Jordan in disguise. Right? And like a bad disguise.
0: And I got to give Mandy a shout. The video she tagged us in, Mm -hmm. like, Emmanuel looks his most (laughs) Jordan-esque.
1: Okay. What was the song? What was the song? Because I didn't listen to it.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you. The songs, we are, I mean, I got it because of Mandy, Mm -hmm. but also... Our foreign correspondent, D. Pinsoff, came through once again. I like it. I like
1: it. I appreciate it. Like, this is what I mean when I keep saying that, yes, we are the two people speaking, but this is really a group Community. effort, right? This project every week, it's, it's a group project, group assignment. We all play a part. <laughs> we appreciate y'all.
0: So for the skinny dipping scene, is mm-hmm. Right There by Chingy. <laughs>
1: oh i'm so mad now (laughs) Jeez.
0: for the third heat of the daily competition Mm -hmm. it was astronaut in the ocean by masked wolf okay you know it from tiktok i'm sure you're a big tiktok guy right
1: definitely not but
0: okay no we're way too old for that shit and then for the club scene
1: i have a tiktok I, i have a tiktok rant that like I really need like some answers to. I don't know what the <laughs> platform is for my TikTok rant. And maybe, maybe it's this pod, because I'm really confused. Sorry, the tangent is coming. I'm hold hold that point because I want to continue because I also have a chingy thing that I want to say after this. So we're going okay. off the rails here for like two minutes.
0: Okay. Can I just say what the third song was? And then we'll just we'll just let Sheldon cook. Okay. <laughs> and then for the club scene, a song I don't well, I don't know the name of. Guillotine by Mansionaire and No MB. I feel so old trying to say these names. No Do you idea. you know it? No, no idea. I don't know. Oh, we know. just age. I feel old. Like, I think so, I just got more gray hair.
1: Here's my thing about the TikTok. Um, like, I get why all social media platforms became successful, right? Like, it's like the same thing, you know, sex sells right? Like, I understand that. So, a lot of TikTok is, like, people dancing and stuff like that. The one trend I don't get, because, like, kids are kids, right? Whatever kids are on, cool, do your thing, kids. Do your things, young bucks, whatever, right? The thing I don't get is, like, the middle-aged women dancing in TikTok videos. Mm. I don't understand the logic behind it in terms of, like, why? Like, who are you doing this for? What is your thought process in dancing horribly? Because some of them are not like, and again, I'm not on TikTok. So the TikToks I see are things that like filter over to Instagram. Do you know what I mean? Or like the reels or whatever. But like Mm -hmm. this trend of like middle-aged women, and I'm saying middle-aged and I don't mean middle-aged. I probably just mean like grown-ass people. I'll say that, right? Dancing horribly, <laughs> like off beat, or like thinking they got like thinking they're on beat, or maybe thinking they got like some Beyonce vibes or something, but it's just not it's just not it. I don't understand like how this is a trend. And like, do your friends in like do you ask your friends or your significant others or whoever's close to you, like, hey, should I post this? Does this look good? Or is it just like you're gonna get likes anyways? Cause most of social media is just filled with thirst bags, just like liking videos. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just need to understand the mindset of it. That's what really confused me. There's so many videos that I see them just like, wait, what is the purpose behind this? Like, why did you do this? You're not dancing on beat. You're off beat. Like, this just looks awkward. I guess if it makes you feel good, cool. I guess that's the that's the end result, but I'm just more trying to get the, in the headspace of like why. That's all. Maybe someone has answers. I'm not expecting you to have the answer, John, but that's my first. That's my first question. Okay. After that, I just want to say about Chingy. That was a moment in time, right there. That's that's a moment in time. If you were outside, you know, as us old heads say, if you were outside. <laughs> in the club when, when, you know, that song came out, it's a moment in time right there. That just brought back memories. That just made me feel warm and fuzzy inside. That's all I'm saying.
0: I I was never a big right there fan, but. It's just
1: a catchy song. Yeah. I
0: just like for that sort of like fun street anthem, like dance sort of song. Like -hmm. there's, I just feel there's better options. Like give me tune it and boot it.
1: Like. Hold on. I couldn't tell you the last time I listened to Chingy, right? Like that's not in one of my like Apple music searches. But if that song were just to like randomly come on, how could you not just do a little two-step, you know, like you're just bopping a little, like, how could you not? Right? Like that's what I'm saying. It's also definitely one of those songs. I might even make a TikTok video. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those
0: songs where you only need to hear 30 seconds and then like on to the next one.
1: Very true. Very true. Very true. Sorry, I I, I didn't mean to stop things here. We can keep things moving here. Back to the tatted Dracula. So listeners, basically, I have a bunch of questions. Tell me, did you understand what Tori was saying? Um, Tell me your thoughts on the middle-aged people dancing on TikTok, or I shouldn't say middle-aged because that sounds derogatory, and I don't mean it to be derogatory because I'm talking about people like my age, and I don't think of myself as middle-aged. So maybe I should just say grown ass. (laughs) Maybe that's it, right? Maybe that's what I should say. But anyways, let me know your thoughts on that. And how much do you like right there? Three questions for you guys and gals. Please hit us up. Let us know your thoughts. That's what we want on this pod. But I will stop interrupting the pod and taking us off on tangents. And I will continue with Jeremiah, who we find out is very frustrated with Big T. And he he just desperately is wanting a new partner. And again, we're here at a week where someone else, another rookie, is saying, hey, I want to go into the elimination. And I'm so confused by it, right? Because it's like, why do you want to go into the elimination? The point is to avoid the elimination. But hey, here we are. But I want to ask you, do you agree with Jeremiah and just his thought process on Big T and not wanting to be partnered with Big T?
0: No, I don't. Okay. Because first of all, Big T is a proven commodity. Okay. She was sneaky good last season with CT, mm-hmm. and more importantly, Big T complements Jeremiah's skill set. Right? There are few people, as we say on this show, that are a true five-tool player. Mm-hmm. There are a few people that have it all. CT has it all. Smashley has it all. Then the list gets shorter from there. There's other people that have been on the show in the past, Johnny Bananas, Wes, Jordan, Yeah, who've got it all, that are good at puzzles, are good at competitions, are good at the politics, good at the social game. Yeah. Jeremiah and Big T are both not as well-rounded. They're not as complete.
1: <laughs>
0: and you know what? She's a good, a good swimmer. She's good at puzzles. She's arguably one of the better political players on this show. Yeah. So she, and she also has to recognize she's what, like four foot 11, like she's supposed to be tiny. She's never going to be dominant physically. Yeah. So is it more worth her time to be, you know, making the rounds, talking to people, being popular, picking their brains, observing, or is it more helpful to be carrying a sack of flour or whatever they were doing? up the hill right like yeah, yeah. you know like and again she's not a disaster she's not a mm-hmm. disaster out there and also why isn't jeremiah being like hey ct you were partnered with big t last season how did you motivate her to work out mm-hmm. right like he's
1: not solutions yeah. oriented no that's fair and and i feel another part of this is we don't really know jeremiah Yet, right? So, we don't know enough about him to know if he's a good partner or a bad partner, if this is like more of a him thing than it is a big T thing, right? Because, as you just listened, we know a lot about big T, we don't really know much about Jeremiah at all. I mean, what we do know is that he likes Amber, that's about it.
0: I'm glad you mentioned Amber because Amber and Josh are having a conversation Mm -hmm. about like what's going to happen next. Yeah. And Amber is telling Josh that she wants Berna gone yeah. because of what she over what she gathered from Devon that Berna voted for her. Okay. This is such an overreach by Amber. Mm-hmm. Right? This is so unnecessary. Totally. And we're gonna see this play out throughout the episode. Amber needs to do way less. Mm-hmm especially in regards to a player that no one really likes aside from Nelson. Like, Berna already has an enemy in Ashley, and Berna's a rookie. You don't have to do anything.
1: Yeah, for sure. I know we talked about, I feel like there was another thing that we were going to do every episode. And, you know, other than our line of the episode and who killed it, right? And maybe it's the doing too much. I feel like we talked about this before, but we just didn't do it. But I feel like the doing too much award is a thing that if we remember and on this podcast that we produce on the fly and go off on random tangents about TikTok and and Chingy, um, that the doing too much award. But if we're doing it, Amber definitely, like, I don't know what she was on in this episode. I'm so... And we'll get to the deliberation because that was obviously another example of Amber just doing too much. And I don't understand her strategy at all or what's going on. But everything about her in this episode was just super strange to me. Like I don't understand where she's coming from at all other than if you told me her plan was just to make sure that she was in the episode. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm just making sure I get camera time yeah so i'm gonna be in the mix i don't know that's strange do you want to get to the actual challenge
0: yeah dive bomb Mm -hmm. which is pretty straightforward partners take turns gathering underwater puzzle pieces Mm -hmm. using a i don't know what it's called like a a swim jet tj had a phrase
1: that thing was cool as as hell (laughs) <laughs> did, we, did we just say the same thing at the same time? Is that a thing that yeah, just
0: happened? Yeah, I think, I think we spend exactly the right amount of time to get it shelved. <laughs> um, and then they have to swim to a yacht, climb a rope to get a key, yeah. swim back using the swim jet, put together the puzzle, and whoever, whoever does it first overall is the agency. There's going to be three rounds of quote-unquote randomly selected teams competing. I got to tell you, I liked this competition. I, I thought felt it was like incredible. had a bit of
1: everything. Yeah, I thought it was super awesome. I want to know what the budget was for this episode because to just rent a yacht, like there's no need for that yacht. Right? Like, what, what was the need for the yacht? It was probably like for them to rent those whatever water jet skis or whatever those things were. Maybe it was just like part of the package, you know. Like, well, if you get the deluxe package, you can also get the yacht for the day. And, like, maybe the crew got to party on it or something. I don't know.
0: But- I, ha- I have a theory about the yacht because TJ okay. referred to it as his yacht. Ah, okay. But he always, he always says, like, this is my car. This is my helicopter. This is my challenge or whatever. But they have to house TJ somewhere. Uh-huh. And they also have to, given the COVID-19 situation, they have to keep him isolated. So sure. that might have actually been TJ's yacht. Like, that, they might have actually rented it, and, like, that's where he's staying in the off hours. I like it. I like it.
1: Um, But in terms of this actual challenge, I thought it was really cool too because it was super well shot. Like all the the underwater shots, like I was mesmerized as like a TV nerd loser liking pictures and how things are framed and all that stuff. Like I thought it was a really cool challenge. And we talk about it a lot where sometimes challenges don't translate to the viewer in terms of how difficult or how hard or what exactly is going on. This one was just great. Like a great job the underwater camera angles when you could see how someone was struggling to find, you know, their their key under the water, right? And like struggling how to use the machine and then stopping it and then going under to get like it was just awesome. It was awesome. It was a really cool challenge and uh who did you because you're right it did have a little bit of everything in it so it took me until i want to say after the first heat i was kind of like okay i think i got this figured out but then the second heat i thought oh okay so this just comes down to the puzzle yeah ultimately this will come down to the puzzle because you could be the first one there and it doesn't matter because the other teams aren't going to be that far behind unless you're uh jeremiah and big t (laughs) poor big t <laughs> she couldn't get up on the thing jeremiah was like going around on that thing for so long but other than them everyone else was pretty close
0: i mean it was hard to watch big t struggle so badly mm-hmm. when he'd been talking so much shit about our girl mm-hmm. like that's not cool about our girl oh you're saying big to t. watch
1: jeremiah struggle so much after he's yeah.
0: talking shit about big t yeah
1: yeah, yeah. um I had
0: some questions that arose from this, though—not Jeremiah and Big T, because I know what your answers are. But there's a few things that happened that were, to me, a little weird. Okay, I'm listening. For starters, did you catch that when Logan was underwater using like the little jet or whatever, Mm -hmm. he had his mouth open underwater, so he's just like catching it.
1: Why would you do that? I have no idea that did look i mean it looked cool it was a cool shot but like it is kind of strange not kind of strange. very strange
0: like you like, would definitely swallow some of that
1: oh yeah yeah it was this it a strange strategy agreed
0: no even, it would even be like not hydrodynamic like it would create drag mm-hmm. like yeah, there's so I, many reasons to not do that I do want to shout out, I think this is my line of the episode, and you're going to hate yeah. it, oh, but okay. did you catch that when they were showing the teams that for Emmy and CT, it said Uncle CT on the graphics? Oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> that killed me. Shout out to the editor that did that, because they I had Corey explaining like it, it, right? Like, it was off of a commercial break, and Corey was going over it. Yeah. And he goes, and he's like, we got Emmy and Uncle CT. And then the, like, cryon comes up. I was like, hilarious. <laughs> Just like a nice, subtle touch.
1: I'm trying to find it now. Oh, but I thought you were going to say your line of the episode was Amanda. When they were talking about the teams, and Amanda says about her and Kyle, she's like, I'm praying Kyle has some brains behind that Botox. <laughs> 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 I, thought that was, I thought that was pretty good.
0: So the whole this whole competition was great, but mm-hmm. to your point about how it all boiled down to the puzzle, mm-hmm. the winners of each heat were Devin and Amber, mm-hmm. uh, Ashley and Josh, and CT and Emmy. Okay, are we surprised that Devin, Ashley, and CT were the fastest when they are probably the three smartest people in the house?
1: So the one thing I didn't like was you can't have so many puzzle kings right that's true and i mean what is this the holy roman empire come on (laughs) like Devin can't be the puzzle king if ct's around and can you even be claimed a king if you've never won yeah do you know what i mean that's that's tough now millionaire mitchell cool I, i can i can accept that right ct he's out here winning chips can't get mad at that but I still feel that it was kind of weird. Like, are we okay with them being like, is there who's not on this season that could contend for the puzzle champ? Anissa. Okay. Right. Like she falls into the category of hasn't won.
0: Yeah. Um, Wes is typically pretty good at puzzles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Emily is typically pretty good at puzzles.
1: Isn't she? Sarah. Sarah, right? Sarah is Sarah? the puzzle queen for sure. <laughs> Let's see. There's two there can't be many. No, like there has to be just one challenge king and challenge queen of puzzles. That's my I'd beef. say I just the, made up that rule arbitrarily because there's no reason why there can't be more than one. But I just found it annoying because every time someone else went, it's like, oh, this person's a puzzle king. You gotta be careful, you gotta watch out for them.
0: I'd say CT is definitely the best of the men and Ashley probably is the best of the women.
1: Okay. Okay. Right. So yeah. 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 On currently this season. Yes. Yeah. I mean of,
0: of like the current, like I would say Sarah Rice is better than Ashley at puzzles, but she's not on anymore. And I I doubt she'll ever be back on.
1: Damn Johnny bananas. Um, (laughs) So yes, as you mentioned, the actual winners are CT and Emmy emmy is so happy and i was happy to see the salty berna shots because berna was so salty still
0: <laughs> i love that she shot the dirtiest look at her partner huey who likes emmy and congratulated her like Huey's was like oh congrats and you applauded Burna's like <laughs>
1: like and she under her rent, well done it. ct <laughs> so here's the thing right i know it sucks and we have more time to talk about because uh, this burden and Emmy thing comes to a head in the deliberation. But I've been saying this a lot lately in real life, and maybe I don't think I said it to you, or maybe I did in our pre-recording conversation where we were discussing some uh, life things, <laughs> I'll say. And um, I've been saying this a lot in my normal life, just in the past few days, dealing with some stuff. But like, I couldn't help but watch salty... I was about to say salty Emmy, but it's salty Berna. And just think, you know, at the end of the day, the game is a game. Mm -hmm. You got to just get over it at some point. And she's letting it affect her so much. And hey, maybe she needed the next scene to come a little quicker because it was (laughs) time to pop some bottles, right? I like how they set that up. Hey, what are we doing tonight? Right? Made it seem like it was, you know, got me hyped up for the night. And then (laughs) I was disappointed again because... We don't know what the music is.
0: Well, we do thanks to a D, but we don't get to experience it, right? That's true. So I have a question for you. It's been a while since I've been to a club. Okay. Mainly because of COVID-19. That's fair. But what's your stance on wearing a toque and or a leather jacket into the club? Because (laughs) Nelson and (laughs) TT are wearing toques. And all I can think about is how hot I would get. I personally hate when anyone wears a toque indoors. Mm -hmm. I'm Sorry, our American listeners would call it a beanie, which is, come on, it's a toque.
1: Oh, yeah, Americans don't know what a toque is. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I know. Yeah, that's a good call. Okay, I got you. I'm with
0: you. Where do you stand on that?
1: John, you know, sometimes I think we do this podcast, and there's times, like right now, where I'm just like, you cut to the core of me, man. Cause it's like, you just set this up on a tee that I'm just going to go on another tangent. Great. Let's body. hear it. So I've coined the phrase style over comfort. Okay. Right? And it's because, and I'm not saying that I'm for this, but you look at certain people and you can tell it's like, Oh, you went for style over comfort. Cause yeah. there's no way that you're comfortable right now. <laughs> like you're sweating buckets and I always say that the starting point for me, which, you know, some of our American listeners might famously know Toronto for a festival that happens each and every summer in the city of Toronto called Carabana, and I will always refer to it as Carabana and not whatever corporate BS they try to call it now, but I digress. Style over comfort is always the funniest thing for me when I see people, when you're people watching at Carabana, because it's always hot AF. And you have people who have now saved up money to buy like their freshest outfit and fresh kicks and all that to rock to carabin. And it's like, bro, you can't rock your fresh J's to carabin. Someone's just stepping on your shoes. That makes no sense. Style over comfort. Plus those aren't comfortable to be walking around in all day long. Again, style over comfort. But the biggest thing that I always remember and I laugh at, right? If we go back to like, I guess it would be late 90s, early 2000s. Remember when like jean suits were really popular? Yeah. Right. And like that was a thing. You had like the Rockwear or Fat Farm jean suit. Like that was like the style. So that year, I'll never forget Carabana. Everybody was wearing jean suits. And I remember it being like 35 degrees (laughs) outside. And I'm like laughing because I'm in like a tank top right? I won't use the derogatory term, but I'm in a tank top and shorts. And I think I had like a straw hat or something to like shield from the sun because it's like 35 degrees outside. And there are dudes like mad dudes rocking full on jean suits. (laughs) And it's like almost 40 degrees outside. And sorry, I know I took us on another crazy wild tangent, but that always stuck in my mind. And so when you started going down that line, I was like, oh no, I have so much on this because it, it makes me laugh so much. But that's how I always chalk it up to style I, over comfort. Because there's no way you're comfortable. You're sweating buckets in that, bro. And same thing went for the year after when like velour suits became a thing. Oh, Like, come on, <laughs> it's like 30 plus degrees. But you saved up your money to have your fresh outfit for the weekend. And you got to rock that fit.
0: I got to say you're totally right on everything like I mean, <laughs> we're in absolute agreement okay and i have two things i want to add first of all mm-hmm. a common mistake is that people think that because toronto is in canada it's cold here oh. it's cold here in winter yeah not in summer i'll do the quick math you mentioned it's 36 degrees right now
1: she hot up in the six sorry <laughs>
0: Just had a you mentioned it's 35 degrees celsius That's one hundred and two Fahrenheit. Just just to do some quick maths, that's before humidity, and it gets humid humid here. The other thing I want to say
1: correction too, because there would have been people listening. Like, what do you mean thirty five, almost forty? Like, that's not warm at all. I got you. Big clarification there. Thank you. See, this is this is what I mean. This is a duo right there, right? I like it. I like it. Sorry.
0: The other thing I have to add is that when I was in undergrad at the University of Toronto. I went to a speaker series. I forget who was speaking, but who should show up but Paul Gross? <laughs> Our American okay. listeners and listeners around the world might not know who Paul Gross is, but if you've okay. ever watched the sitcom Due South, he played the Mountie. He's a very handsome, very Canadian looking man. And he showed up in a exact, I mean, it was the, mid 2000s is like 2005 he was okay. wearing a denim jacket mm-hmm. like a jean jacket a denim shirt and jeans wow
1: okay and i just remember
0: looking lot. ahead at him and thinking about like rap music videos where guys were wearing <laughs> like the the jean suits yeah. i was like oh it's dead like this like this guy i mean at that point he would have been in his 40s like yeah this is over
1: (laughs) well
0: that look is done
1: and the other thing too you got to remember for our younger listeners the jean suits were baggy right like that was a style too so it's like huge and i don't know if that makes it hotter or colder i'm just trying to give the proper visual right and just and now it's funny to think back about how ridiculous it was when you see how we well, I know I used to dress like that and have like super baggy clothes, right? I but wasn't just gonna close. call you out. No, no, no. Hey, hey, listen. No shame. I say this all the time on this pod. No shame in my game.
0: I, At all. I have, I have clothing from when I was in high school. I legit have a T-shirt
1: mm-hmm.
0: from high school that I could wear now. Like it still fits me. Mm-hmm. Sheldon, I am fully 60 to 80 pounds heavier than I was in high school.
1: I've done, I think I mentioned on the pod, I've been doing like a massive reno in my house. So that came with a purge before the demo came right before we did the demo. And so there are a bunch of things that I just had for a while that I was throwing out. And I remember I got to like a corner of clothes that I was just like, okay, I haven't worn any of this stuff in like decades. And it's the same thing that you're saying. There's some things I found from like high school. I'm like, this is baggy on me now. And I'm a fat (laughs) grown ass man. now. (laughs) These (laughs) things are still big on me. How did I wear this in high school? It's so funny.
0: Speaking of so funny. Ah, there we go. Jeremiah. Segway
1: game strong. Segway game
0: (laughs) strong. I like we've got Jeremiah and Amber both making moves, I guess, in the club. They've clearly spoken to each other and have a game plan. So Jeremiah is telling Priscilla he needs a new partner. Mm -hmm. So he's going to volunteer to go in.
1: Yeah.
0: And then Amber is talking game to Bettina and says she wants to go into elimination with and for Jeremiah to personally take Berna out. And then she goes to her erstwhile allies, Josh and Casey, to try and get them to vote her in slash support her. I just, I'm gonna read to you my notes here. Amber baby, no, what is you doing? Like what is, you know you're in trouble when both casey and josh casey who's repeatedly thrown you under the bus amber is like hey why don't you sleep on that
1: yeah yeah Yeah. what did you think of this sheldon it was incredible and i'm tiptoeing how i'm about to say this
0: she and jeremiah don't have two brain cells to rub between the two of them
1: no that's not like (laughs) i don't know if i should go here so I'm reserving the right to edit this part out. <laughs> okay. But it's like, you know, when you have conversations with your friends and you're talking to them, maybe about a relationship or something, and then yep. you can tell that your friends are telling you that you shouldn't do this, but they're tiptoeing around it. And they might say something like Casey and Josh were saying to Amber, it's like, maybe you want to sleep on that, you know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that was the vibes that I was getting. While watching this conversation because it's just like they're telling you this is a very bad idea without telling you explicitly this is a very bad idea do you know what i'm saying yes. i think i tiptoed around that well enough perfectly fair enough perfectly yes. i think we can so, keep it in <laughs> so the point of what I'm, the point of getting at though is that the whole thing is just amber doing way too much first off she's telling Bettina this and Bettina's like, Hey, that's so great. I think you're great. Blah, blah, blah. And then it's, it dawned on me. I'm like, wait a second. Bettina's just gassing up Amber, because if she wants to go in, that means she doesn't have to go in. So yeah, of course she's going to think same. this is a great idea. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's should be your first sign, Amber, that like, come on, consider the source here. Right. But also you like, when did Amber be where did all the tough talk come from? All of a sudden you want to go in and take out Berna, Like, why do you feel the need that you have to do that? Like, what part of the game is that? That That's one of the dumbest things ever. It's terrible strategy. And you want to go in with Jeremiah just like, what? That doesn't even make, in no world, does any of that make sense? But I will say something. Casey has done a really good job this season. We're seeing a lot more of Casey's personality. And yeah. I laughed so hard in Casey's confessional where she's just like, what are you talking about amber like why would you want to do that and we know she's going to just back out of it anyways right she's saying she wants to do it now but we all know that she's going to back out of it tomorrow so like what's the point in all this and i'm like thank you casey for saying that because it's so true she is all talk and what did amber say oh i'm 90 percent sure i'm going in what does that even mean
0: also just imagine a world where josh is like hey don't get emotional take your time and make a decision thoughtfully yeah like i I hope i hope that when amber b is watching this season back she's like you know what josh and casey in that moment really did me a solid like they were really being rational
1: did you think that there was any chance that she was actually going to put herself in
0: no and you know how come we know she never went to CT or Emmy mm-hmm. and were like, Hey guys, here's the plan. Cause they would have shown us.
1: She just gave herself so many outs, right? Like 90%. Yeah. I'm 90% sure that I want to go in. Then she's like, I also want to see what the elimination is. And I was like, okay, you've given yourself like eight outs. You're not going in. But the deliberation to me was super interesting. because
0: oh, There's a lot of moving parts here.
1: Go ahead a lot of moving parts. And I think first off, so the thing that threw me off was this should be simple at this point. We all know Berna and Huey are going in. So then what's the need for everything that happened after? Didn't even understand. But we still get the beef between Berna and Emmy, which to be honest, I was kind of bored of and I was over it. To me. I don't know if you yeah. have more thoughts on that there. I, it's I just like- thought it was the key part
0: to this is that Priscilla, who, by the way, yeah. is super smart. And we'll, yeah, we're going to talk awesome more about man. her later. Yeah. But she puts it out there. She's like, hey, I think people know this. Amber's saying that she wants to go in. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> and Amber gets defensive. Mm-hmm. And just like, Amber, you dummy. Of course, you've been telling people. Uh, Bettina, who's not in your alliance. No. Nope. In any way, shape, or form. You told Bettina that you want to go in. We know she also acknowledged
1: she's not in an alliance with Josh and, and Casey either. And she told them. So: <laughs> So like
0: good for Priscilla for just like putting it out there, mm-hmm. Jeremiah basically volunteers to go in, yeah. and, then, and like basically says that he wants to switch partners. Yeah. And I have to touch on this. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the season, we made a lot of jokes about Emmanuel being a vampire. Your guy says that if anyone takes his partner, he'll drink their blood, yeah like I'm sorry, we're allowed to make fun of this guy. Like I is-
1: apologize. I came on here and apologized well, because someone corrected mistake. me well, because someone corrected me when we did the introduction the introductory pod on this season, and I misheard how what the description was of what he was saying, right but the the truth was still there in terms of my guys giving me like weird vampire vibes so now yeah. fast forward and my guy is actually threatening to drink blood yeah come on man what, what are we doing here what do we really do and even Devin was like i he kind of scares me <laughs> it's weird man it was totally weird but to me the thing that i loved about the deliberation and I know there's a lot of stuff that was going on. So we might miss something, but like the thing that stuck out to me the most was Berna going at Berna and Amber going at each other. I thought that was hilarious because like Amber's trying to like go all deep and make this and and Berna's just like, listen, I just don't like you. I'm not here to listen to all your stories. We get it. You won. Congratulations. But now we don't have to hear about you telling all these great stories about how great you are, so that we feel sorry for you. Or you're the victim now. And like you just go on all these tangents trying to make us feel for you, and it's like we don't care. And you can see Amanda in the background, kind of like oh, like she looked like you know the fame the meme of like yeah. you know the meme. We know the meme we're talking about. So then and it, it cuts mean. to Amanda in confessional, and she basically said exactly what to use Amber's 90% number of the audience watching thought where where Amanda's just like, listen, I don't really mess with Bettina or not Bettina, with Berna, me and Berna aren't that cool, but I totally agree with everything you're saying right now about Amber, because I'm really tired of hearing how great Amber thinks she is too. And I totally agree. I thought that was so funny. I love it when the confessional comes up and says, the person in the confessional says exactly how we're feeling, I love yep. that. That always makes me laugh.
0: So we get to the layer. Oh, sorry. I should say, Huey and Berna do get voted in, naturally. Mm-hmm. And there's one key moment that we should not gloss over. And that is, Ashley mm-hmm. says, if any of you vote, like, split up a vet-vet team, you're gonna pay the consequences.
1: And this is what I don't get. Why would you even give them the playbook? Here's
0: here's my argument. Because at first I was like Ashley, like what, like that's sort of out of character for Ashley. But I th- i maybe I'm giving Ashley too much credit, and maybe she really did just blow it here, but. I think that Ashley did this on purpose. Mm. because if you look at what an all vet house looks like, mm-hmm. it's not very favorable to Ashley. She's got Amanda ah, And then who else is her who else are her allies? Interesting. She, she gets along with other people for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but not she's not like uh Corey or even a devon who or certainly not casey and josh and maybe amber very interesting hmm. and like the vet war is not that far off regardless of what happens right like they're almost out of rookies hmm. and like That's they're not going to keep doing that forever right so I, like I wonder I wonder if Ashley is sort of like, you know what? Maybe it's time for this shit to pop off. And maybe I can thrive in chaos. Hmm. Because Ashley of anyone does well in these unsettled situations.
1: Yeah. And I mean, to me, the the thought process though was if I'm a rookie. What else am I supposed to do other than try to break up a vet, vet team, right? Like we're just supposed to sit back and get picked off every week. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense. Also by the, in theory, if you're picking another vet, you're hoping that you're picking a better partner, which in theory would give you a better chance at winning, which has been the rookie rookie problem is that they haven't been able to win a challenge. Right? Mm -hmm. A daily challenge. So that's also part of it. But either way,
0: as you mentioned. There's one other thing I'd say about Ashley and her comment. Her partner at this point is Josh. Uh, If you're Ashley, how long do you want to be partnered with Josh? Not a great performer. Mm -hmm. Almost definitely going to drag you into some bullshit. Very true. If you're Ashley, the person you want to be partnered with... Is Uncle C
1: T. Interesting.
0: Okay. Right? Okay. Or or some like Corey, who's not mm-hmm. one before, but she and Corey are real life friends.
1: Yeah. 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 You want to no, be let's... able to
0: choose your own adventure if you're Ashley.
1: Yeah. So no, I, I totally agree with you. I think that's super interesting. And I mean, it looks like next week things start to hit the fan. So interested to see how that plays out. But in terms of this elimination, right? As you mentioned, the vote happens and Huey and Burner are going in. Um, and then we get down to the lair. Is that what it's called? Sure. Yeah. And then Jeremiah is going in as we expected. And for the women, we knew Amber talked a big game. They didn't even try to, you know how, you know how we really know that no one thought Amber was going in because normally in a situation like this, they would try to like psych us out as if Amber might be going in. Do you know what I mean? They might try to like psych us out. Maybe they'd play a video of like some conversation that we didn't know about where Amber makes a discussion and she's like, you know what? Actually, I don't want to go in. Or maybe, you know, she would have given them a look when they walked in to see what the challenge was to be like, no, 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 I don't want to go in. None of that happened. Meaning nobody thought Amber was ever going in, right? So Priscilla ends up going in. And I thought this was interesting because We've seen her perform a bit, right? And she seems to be a solid competitor, but this was a really hard elimination. In terms of the entire season, this might've been the best episode in terms of daily challenge and elimination um, competition. Like just how good both of those things were because this was hard, 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 hard. I don't even know if I'd be able to do this, right? And I'd wonder like how many of the castmates would have been able to do this because the, of those four people, Berna is like, was she in the circus? That's her deal. Right. So that's super athleticism. Jeremiah is a former football player. Yep. Priscilla, which I didn't know, but she said after this, she was like, Oh, once it was, once it was climbing, I was in, they were done. Like, I didn't know that was a, so she's obviously super athletic and Huey Huey super athletic as well. But, like, I do wonder how poorly this would have been for some other people that could have been in this elimination. Because that was hard. And they made that look pretty easy. No?
0: They did make it look pretty easy. I'm very sorry. Someone, I feel, tagged us or sent us a message about this, but I can't find it. So whoever sent it, I'm so sorry. But I've been scanning. But apparently this was the best two out of three they had to do this oh wow three okay times wow and that Still was revealed one. on the official
1: oh uh, i found it i found it i found it thank uh, you it says like eric question mark oh Eric it lame? yeah and it says a little insider info from the anisa and tori podcast who talked to priscilla The elimination this week was actually best two out of three. I'm guessing MTV could then edit it to seem closer than it was. Interesting. So that, you know, that's the little magic of TV there, right? And a nice Mm -hmm. little trick that, you know, I remember having this conversation with LT before, which I haven't seen LT in a long time. I haven't been at work. got to shout that guy out one day. But um, I remember we were talking before, about how do you want to know about the actual challenge? Like we're, we're watching the show, right? So I always talk about it from the production standpoint. And my goal is to just make good TV. Right. But Mm -hmm. I remember talking about it with LT and he was, his point was as a viewer though, I want to know what actually happened. Mm. Right. Like that's important. So if it was best two out of three and you know berna and huey just got crushed very easily best two out of three then i want to see that because that's the reality of what happened in the competition and i remember i was saying well if i'm putting together a show what's more exciting what's more entertaining Mm -hmm. and they made this look way closer And hearing that now, because I didn't see that comment until you brought it up and I went scrolling for it. So now as I'm processing it back and thinking back to how it all cut out. Oh, they definitely tricked me into thinking that this was super close. Because if you think about it from the beginning, Priscilla and Jeremiah were going up there way quick, like super, super quick. So then all of a sudden there are other parts where it's like oh wait this is really close oh they're really struggling trying to cut this rope this hold on they made this and it makes me think now though how much more do they do this i assume it happens way more than than gets past me and i like to think that i catch those things most of the time
0: yeah it, it's interesting that they had to do this cuz i can't imagine doing this 3 times oh like no. it looked Exhausting because so much of it is about balance and the way their arms were tied together. We haven't really described Ooh. it. So they had to back to back, each partner were tied at the hands by rope, but there was slack between it. Yeah. And in between them is a pole, and they have to go up the pole back to back. There's notches that they could use as steps, but they're not deep notches. So you basically no. have to lean forward to maintain the, the tension. You have to climb up the pole this way, and then at the top, there's a blade. You have to work together to rub the rope that's binding you together and maintain your balance to cut the rope, which then lets you zip line down, and whoever does it first wins. Mm-hmm. When I saw that, I was like, man, that's exhausting. And then when it turns out they had to do it three times or best of three, that's that crazy. would be horrible. Your arms would be burning like it would just be the worst
1: who was it someone made the comment about oh their squat game like this is all about your squat game they were talking about
0: Huey because his butt's so big
1: (laughs) but no I, I was talking about not that part it was more at the very beginning when Priscilla and Jeremiah were just like racing up right someone made the comment about like oh this is what all those squats are for right and it's like Think of the tension that would be put on your legs, right? Like that, And I can't even, I thought it was super hard before, exactly like you just said. And now knowing that you had to do that more than once, jeez. So yeah, I guess that does definitely change it in terms of, I guess, Priscilla and Jeremiah really did just wash them. Um, But I thought this was really cool because so Jeremiah and, and Priscilla win. I thought this was pretty cool because we didn't really see much about Jeremiah or Priscilla. We'd get like little scenes of them here and there, but we finally got to see some personality from them and see them uh, shine physically as well. And I think that's really cool, right? Because you're getting to know more characters. You're getting more invested with more characters. And, you know, Jeremiah's kind of been there and he's okay. I still don't really know much about him, but Priscilla really grew on me a lot in this episode in terms of, You know, I guess, like, not to jump too far ahead, but, like, she really stepped up for me in this episode and, like, became someone that I'm, like, I'm rooting for. Well, I have
0: i don't want to brag, but I've been on the Priscilla train from day one. Okay, okay. Because where she really impressed me was, I think, the very first episode where Josh and Fessy were trying to work in tandem and, like, we're being really obvious about it in deliberations. And then Devin sort of like covered up, (laughs) excuse me, covered up well for them. Okay. And in confessional, Priscilla was like, oh, I see what's happening. This is a plan by Josh. And she's like,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, perfectly
0: read the room. And I, every so often they cut to her for confessional purposes or whatever. And she always gets what's going on. She's just never been in a position to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. But Priscilla has really impressed me. Also, not for nothing. She's a beautiful woman. Like oh, I do not dope. mind having her on my screen at all.
1: Dope, 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 dope,
0: dope. Um,
1: I also thought it was really cool how well this was another challenge too, where it's a different element that if you don't understand how the challenge operates when you're dealing with the partner, you just won't get it. But then you see something like this where you realize the importance of communication and having the right partner. Because when Huey starts freaking out, Or when Berna senses that she's losing and she's now, you know, like, come on, come on, come on, come on, like that's not helping at all. And you're just stressing out your partner and making it even worse. Meanwhile, when you went over to Priscilla and Jeremiah, at the beginning, you just hear her saying, okay, left, right, left, right. Like they were in unison as they're going up. And, you know, just having that dynamic obviously was so much better. And yeah, just applause. Get my full applause.
0: So, the big moment of the episode mm-hmm. Priscilla turns, refers mm-hmm. to Ashley's comment. Oh, I love this so much. Picks Josh breaking up a veteran veteran team. And they all immediately understand that the jig is up, that the veteran alliance is broken. Mm-hmm that next week at least one veteran's going in two yeah. veterans are going in there's no more rookie well yeah one at least one veteran has to go in
1: not necessarily though right because you can pick like whoever is the but the house vote the house vote team will the have to have a veteran yes. on yes so at least one vet is definitely going in right but like whoever wins remember you can pick anybody and it doesn't have to be a partner like it's not two people you're voting like the two people you're voting in could be from two different teams
0: you know you know what we're also going to see we're going to see partners not agreeing on who to vote for
1: oh because
0: so far the rookies have always basically gone along with the vet's wishes or the vet like the rookie has beef with another rookie and the vet just rolls with it but we're going to get to a point where the rookie and the vet are not going to vote together yeah and yeah. from the agency. And then we're going to find out what happens. Like, what is, what is TJ's solution to being in a deadlock?
1: Totally. I, I think it's going to be super interesting to see. And, you know, in terms of Priscilla, well, let's keep going. Don't worry. Keep going.
0: Well, I mean, that was the big thing, right? And then mm-hmm. who did Jeremiah the par- pick? So oh, he picked partners,
1: Tori. Yes. So the partners ended up being Priscilla and, and she takes Ashley's partner, Josh, um, jeremiah pitori then nelson and big t end up being partners and then ed and ashley are partners and ashley is not happy like we I, we lost salty berna and we gained salty ashley like i mean she didn't even salty
0: wanna, ashley salty ashley's the best
1: yeah she didn't even want to hug ed ed was like trying to like play around and be like hey i'm your partner now and ed's a pretty good partner to have no
0: but ed, she just ed, this not situation's happy. not ed's making exactly
1: <laughs> don't exactly. be mad at him I think she'll come around and realize that it could be a lot worse. There are worse people you could have been partnered with, right? But either way, yeah, a misstep by Ashley for sure, I think. And my question too, because, you know, Ashley to me seemed to be backpedaling. She's like, oh, I was trying to help you. I was trying to help you. And I love Ashley. I think Ashley's great. But I think you got to keep that same energy. Cause that's not the same energy you had in the deliberation, the energy you had in the deliberation, that was a threat, right? Yeah. Like you were trying to boss hog and, and like, let her know, don't even think about doing that. And mm-hmm. to then now backpedal and be, Oh, well, I was trying to help you. I was trying to help you. It's like, mm, I'm not really buying that.
0: Um, have you, sorry. Have you said your, um, uh, line of the episode?
1: Yes, yeah, oh yeah, it was Tori's whole uh, love for Emmanuel.
0: Right, I sorry. There's one thing I wanted to point out that was a, a big mistake in my mind. Okay. Why didn't Jeremiah pick Amber?
1: Oh, because that's too big of a target on his back. You think so? Because that breaks oh, yeah. up two veteran veteran teams nah but people want to get amber up out of here. like if you go on the totem pole of the vets Amber's yeah that's at the bottom, true that's right? true and even if you point. remember the teaser into next week was all about i think it was devin that says in the t- in the trailer for next week he's like we got to get out the people who have already won yeah so yeah if Which you're jeremiah there's already a target on your back And then you're going to join up with Amber, who already seems to be just causing mad drama every turn, every single week, even after, like Fessy's not even there anymore. And she's still just causing drama. Right. So it's like. Not a good look, not a good look at all. My my question for you, though, is okay, so he picks Tori, which I think is a solid pick. Right. Tori also not too high up on the the uh, vet list. But she's a good competitor so you have a really good chance of winning a daily challenge cool what did you think of like i get what priscilla was doing in terms of picking a, a vet but if that was a like who are the other options in terms of a vet vet team that she could have picked as a partner like who are the other like i'm Amber, sorry you could have taken Devin. hmm okay interesting interesting okay because I'm trying to think, like, if Josh was the best pick, or if it just doesn't matter because the whole goal was just to split up the vet that, that teams.
0: I, I think, from her perspective,
1: uh, Josh is a good pick because I don't. I think she
0: knows that she's not going to be partners with him forever.
1: Yeah, no, and like, who are your other options? Like Kyle, you weren't going to pick Kyle because Kyle and yeah. Amanda. I think that's it.
0: Yeah, that's it.
1: So, okay. Interesting. Fair enough. Fair enough. Good job, Priscilla, then. Good job.
0: On the note of Priscilla doing a good job, who killed her for you this week, Sheldon?
1: Oh, I know. I've tiptoed around saying it because I I didn't want to ruin the flow of saving the last question. But yeah, it's obviously Priscilla. And the thing that put it over the top for me was her speech at the very end to Ashley. Like, a lot of times we see people either win or lose an elimination and then use that platform to kind of spew whatever's been like in their mind in their soul like you know what i'm saying And normally it doesn't go well right sometimes it comes off as awkward or comes off too much but she full-on turned around gave the smoke like directly looked into ashley and just said listen i thought someone said i thought you said something and i took it more as a I thought it was more of a threat than it was advice, and I I liked that, I liked that, just how she phrased it, the energy that she came with, and it's like I don't respond well to threats, I don't I don't like that, and I respect it, I rate it, so you add that together with the great performance in the elimination, um, the rookies finally like taking some stake in the game finally, all that added up, Priscilla definitely killed it for me
0: i mean it's obviously unanimous like mm-hmm. yeah just making the best of a shitty situation i think uh yeah there, there's no two ways about it there's just yeah. a great a great choice a great move and uh you know i'm excited <laughs> to see what happens next i think it's gonna be good shit for this was a, a good term. episode
1: this was a this good was a episode. episode i know we were kind of like okay there are a couple episodes there it was like okay i don't know what's going on with this season i'm not really sure how i'm feeling this season this was a good good episode so i'm happy about that
0: yeah there's no denying it. this is a great episode uh where can the good people find you on social media
1: you can find me on twitter at shell alexander on instagram at sheldon alexander hey there's a football pod i've been tweeting out and we're giving out winners i don't know if you like making money on football gambling but like we got winners cooking right now so if you or your significant other or your friend or someone i'm just saying just trying to help just trying to help share the good vibes we got a lot going on, obviously. Lots of different pods, lots of different things going, and you know, raptor season's about to start, so life's about to get a little busier here. But hey, that's what we do. Wouldn't have it any other way, despite what some people might think otherwise. Uh, and you can find me on <laughs> I Twitter. I just said that <laughs> inside I joke.
0: I wasn't. I wasn't going to touch it. <laughs> uh, um... You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at J Chidley Hill. And until next week, this was You Killed It. You Killed It.